Running with Jake, the podcast. On this episode, this is. <laughs> <laughs> what have we said about the whiskey before we chat? What have we said? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, I sat here and I thought, I need some tissues in case I start crying with laughter when I'm on with these two. You're a- <laughs> Running with Jake, the podcast, Because every runner needs the occasional plot. And here's your host, Jake Lowe. Welcome to the show. We are back. We are here. We are alive. And we are fired up, ready to rock. Rock you into... <laughs> <laughs> the, the weekend or something, I don't know, get you fired up, ready to run and do do stuff that us runners do. Uh, did you get absolutely soaked and drenched at the weekend? Did that happen or was it just myself? That happened to me. I was running through puddles, which turned into streams, which eventually became rivers. And this was just on the pavements in and around Winchester, around Hampshire. It was pretty awful, but I did survive to tell the tale. I hope you did too. This is the show that's going to fire you up. It is your weekly dose of running motivation. Did you get wet at the weekend, Pete? Did you get soaked? This is why you runners have got it all wrong, Jay, because I'm a non-running guy and now I didn't get soaked. No, because what, what, what happened with me is I wasn't running through puddles, I wasn't running through lakes, I wasn't running through rivers. What I was doing is I was sitting in a pub that had a roof on it which was waterproof. And it was marvellous. Character building. That's what I tell my runners. <laughs> it, not you sitting in a pub with your feet up, reading the paper, drinking a nice yeah. pint of bitter. That's not character building. Uh, but running in the rain, when you are in horrific conditions, to say the least, uh, it definitely strengthens your, your character. It gives you gives you a bit of mental toughness, resilience. We like to build that, don't we? Uh, so many of my runners were going through that at the weekend. It was absolutely crazy. In fact, I had some runners in completely in... in different conditions in New York doing the New York Marathon they absolutely loved it it was pretty tough going apparently it was quite warm out there you wouldn't necessarily expect that in November but you know 2022 we've got to expect anything where weather's concerned I think we know that but that looked pretty challenging too so you just sometimes got to just grit your teeth get stuck in get the job done and stay safe that's very important I'll tell you something, I'm very excited today because I'm not sure whether people listening to this will be as excited as me. Um, I kind of feel like today's guest, this show, it's it's kind of more for me than for people listening to the podcast. I'm not sure that's right, really. I'm not sure with the guest today. Do you know what I mean? It's Is it for me? I do know exactly what you mean, yeah. I know what you mean. I feel like it's, um, I don't know, yeah, like you said, I think it's more for you. But, um, but you know, I think, I think everybody, to be fair, when this person comes on, we get a lot of great feedback from people generally to say, God, that person's great. That person's brilliant. I love that person. <laughs> but of course they say that person's name. <laughs> but I'm not doing that. You're not doing Because are we teasing around <laughs> the fact that this person's on or are we going to say who it actually no. is? Or should we wait? Should we wait? Should we wait patiently? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Are, we building, are we building it up here? But no, you're absolutely right. This is... Um, so Joe Wilkinson is today's guest. Yes, Oh, you've said it. You've said it. You've given away the running game. Running Joe 10K. She is a friend of the show. She is my friend. She's a fellow running coach, and we do we do catch up regularly, Joe and I. But we've not been able to do this. Like, we're, we're very busy. We're all busy. The world is busy. We know that. But Joe's particularly busy, and it's been hard to kind of arrange a catch-up. But you know what it's like 
when it's just like a social thing and you that you're trying to arrange you sort of you put it on the back burner a bit, don't you? It's hard to prioritise because we're like, oh, but it's work and I've got this to do and I've got, oh, got this task list to get through. So I actually message her and say, look, this is like work now. We need you to come on the podcast. Uh, we, we periodically have a chat with Joe on the show. Uh, it was about you, to be honest. I did pull it forward a little bit because I just wanted to have a catch up with her. And I thought the only way I'm going to get to do that is by getting her on the show. Yeah, yeah. What, what we don't mention to her any point is that we'd actually got somebody else booked to come on the show, but they dropped out. And we went, oh, God, who do we know who's, who's great? Oh yeah, Joe will do. We didn't. We did. We will keep that. We won't tell her that bit. Okay. She doesn't know that bit, does Joe, she? Joe, if you listen to this bit of the show, we, we didn't. We didn't say Joe will do. We we didn't say. No, we didn't say Joe. No, we didn't. We said Joe would be great. That's what we said. We said Joe would be even better than the person who dropped out. Joe Wilkinson, running Joe 10K, our friend, your friend. She's on the show today. For the show notes and video content. Go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. Running with Jake, the podcast. Well, I'm going to be really honest with you. I don't know how interesting this is going to be, this chat for our listeners, because basically it's a bit of a catch up with a friend of mine. That's what it is. Very difficult to get a hold of Joe Wilkinson, friend, fellow running coach. You're so bloody busy, Joe. It's a nightmare. The only re- the only way we can get to catch up is get you on the podcast as a guest. Welcome to the show. Are you well? Are you doing all right? I see you on the video. You're looking chilled. What's going on, man? A good week so very, far? Very good week. Um, I don't know if we're going to mention it later in the podcast, but I'm on an amazing high because I just had an awesome weekend. But, you know, maybe we'll talk about that later. How are you doing yourself? Can you imagine now? I'm all right, thanks, Joe. I'm not doing too bad at all, thanks for asking. Can you imagine now if we just didn't mention what you did at the weekend? People are like, well, you're going to bloody tell us or what? What is going on? What is going on? <laughs> the only way I can catch up and keep up to date with what you've been up to is obviously... The world of Instagram. What what's going off? Because you're dipping your toe into the world of ultra running now. Is that is that fair to say? Uh, you it was a bit touch and go at the weekend, wasn't it? Tell us what you did first of all, because I know bits, but I don't really know the full story. So what did you do? Can I just say, dipping your toe in didn't really reflect the amount of water that I had to wade through <laughs> <laughs> and poured on me at the weekend. Yeah, I am um, just casually like you do. Did a 30-mile ultra race around the Brecon Beacons up Penny Fang and back again. Um, And not only did I do it, but I did it with one leg, which I think is quite amazing. (laughs) Because, as you know, I've had a bit of a calf niggle. Uh, But it turns out, not being able to run very fast is a really, really good technique for running ultras. So, I don't like to boast. You know I'm terribly modest, but I have to say, I was awesome. And the more it went on, the more awesome I was. (laughs) (laughs) oh god look i've told you lay off the drink this early in the morning when we're recording the podcast all right you're clearly in a good mood today it's not christmas just yet listen i want to ask you about the weekend and i'm I'm interested to know kind of i suppose how you made the transition in a way and got got into that whole world because that's not always so easy for people how to navigate that i think for some people they're like oh what do i do next i've done marathons i've done half marathons whatever do i go down the the avenue of 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 ultras but i want to ask you about the injury i know it's not a great subject but clearly you did the weekend so you're okay what was going on with the calf first of all and how did you what was your thought process as a coach and an experienced runner i think people will be interested to know how you manage your own frustrations and injuries so Let me just say, I got injured because I did not think like a coach or an experienced runner. (laughs) 
So, um, been there, bugger. It's, all, it's never a short story, you know, with me. How long have we got? Um, yeah, so I was actually, if you remember, supposed to be going to do this amazing marathon with lots of wine around chateaus in France. And I don't know if we want to mention the company or not, but a certain orange branded company cancelled my flight and I never made it. So instead, we went and ran up some fells in the Lake District randomly, as you do. And it was a little bit too much for my legs. So I just niggled my calf um, and I had to pull out of London Marathon. And it was just one of those injuries where, you know, it it's not so major that you can't run with it. And every time you try, it reminds you that you can't. Uh, and I was, oh, really, my whole goal had been this 30-mile race. And I was really down about it. There was a week of hardcore sulking, it has to be said, compounded by the fact I'd missed this amazing weekend in France as well. Um, and then I just thought, right, actually, I do, you know, I did then think like a coach and thought to myself, essentially, what are ultras about? They are about enabling, being able to endure an extended time on your feet. So even if I can't run, I can still spend an extended time on my feet. And I started going out on these 20 mile walks around my local area, which took sort of between four and a half and five hours. Um, and I practiced fueling and I practiced marching up these hills, power hiking up all the hills around me and just thought, you know, that will, I looked at the cutoff times and I thought, do you know what, even if I walked and shuffled round, I reckon I could make it round within the cutoff time and just decided I want to finish this race. I want to do this race because I didn't do the marathon in France. I didn't do the London marathon. And I just really want to do this one. You know, there's only so much, many setbacks you can you can um, take. And just, I mean, it was. <laughs> I look back now, and it took me hours because obviously walking takes so much longer than running. So, but I was doing, I was walking the twenty miles at weekends, and then doing sort of a ten mile walk in the week. Walked to my local Tesco's, which is four miles away and back. I honestly was the mad woman walking around the local streets, uh, and then did some cross training as well to keep that little bit of more aerobic fitness going. And also went hardcore on the physio. So I found, I didn't have a local physio actually because of moving a while ago, but just found a really nice guy who totally bought into it with me. And and it was a case of, right, you know, he was there saying, okay, I will patch you up enough to get your calf moving. Um, So I saw him twice a week and voila. It was amazing. <laughs> Shifting the focus, isn't it? It's, it's difficult, that is, though, Joe. I th- you know, I think people appreciate your honesty, as always. You know, regular listeners of the show will know we've had you on a few times now. We've done many Insta Lives over over the the, the, the years gone by. Marathon de Medoc. So that was the crazy event that you were looking that at doing the, yeah. with the cheese and the wine. Oh, I mean, yeah. there's so many runners talk about this. It looks amazing. Fancy dress every year. The organiser totally. set the theme, from what you understand. So that you must have been gutted not being able to do that. But there was, so there was no car fish you that was pure flight cancellation stuff and then it was when you went yeah. to the lakes that you got the actual physical issue well, it's like a double whammy isn't it? it to be honest it wasn't in the lake district this is why i say i was not thinking like an experienced runner or coach at all we i you know i live in a really hilly area so i do a lot of hills but obviously the lake district is a different kind of hill um and so we went there my husband and i and it was a real spontaneous thing because obviously we found out at 2 a.m in the morning that we weren't going to catch our flight at 7am to get there. So it was just that last, you know, oh. you're tired, you're over-emotional. We may or may not have had a large marital dispute as to whether or not we were going to drive for 17 <laughs> hours to do this marathon. <laughs> but anyway. We'll get him on next week, find out. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, so so we went up to the Lake District and and ended up having a great time. But just you know, did this huge actually found a new challenge, uh, which is a whole other podcast in itself. Um, so I did this first leg of this legendary Bob Graham round. And it was great, had an amazing time, really, really enjoyed it, but came back and my legs were in pieces because of the mountains and, and all the rest of it, because I was fit to run a sort of road marathon, not fell running. Um, and I just basically went out for a run on, on, we came back on the Sunday and I went out for a run on the Tuesday. And you know one of those runs where your legs are really stiff and tired and really quite hurting, but you think, oh, it'll be okay, I'll just run a bit. And it was okay, but I ran a bit for eight miles and it was okay for eight miles. It's just, unfortunately, the last mile was not okay. And, you know, stupidity. I should have run less on that day. I should have let them recover more, Um, but I didn't because I am an idiot. Hindsight, isn't it? Not always easy to think as the as the professional running coach. You know, at the end of the day, you're human as well, and you, you've got these things going on. You're looking after your runners as well. I certainly know it's not not easy to make the best decisions always. Was it? What was the thought process with London? Then was it kind of like a done deal? How did you decide? When did you decide that London wasn't going to go ahead? And how did you feel about it? Because I think there's lots of people that found themselves in that position going into London not just London many races of course and, and unfortunately the same will be the case for next year as well how, what was the mental process behind that decision and how you felt so I, I have got to be honest and say I was already um, this is where we get really deep and emotional I was already at a stage where running road marathons was not really lighting my fire um, I just you know I, I did a big race the tower ultra um, went slightly mad at the end of it uh, and it nearly broke me but it, I, I did that in June but I just kind of I was so up for that and and you know so enjoyed it even though it was the hardest thing I've ever done and then it was a kind of down and, and London was just oh dear I just do London you know I do it every year it's it's the running event of the UK isn't it blah 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 but really wasn't feeling very passionate about it. So I, that was sort of my mentality already. And it was literally a case of just turn up, get round, get the good for age qualifying time, hopefully, and, and, you know, it's done. So really, I was much more excited about the Marathon to Medoc and this this 30-mile one I've just done. So it was almost the sort of one in the middle. So I think in some ways that helped. But also, as you say, I'm a coach as well, and I had a couple of runners, unfortunately, in, in this situation where you've got to be realistic and so I knew I was nurturing the calf long. All the training was pretty much done by that point. So I had the, you know, the benefit of that, that it wasn't like I had a massive gap in training. I just needed the calf to heal enough to be able to get around 26 miles. But I went out for a run 10 days before London and, and literally managed two minutes before the whole calf seized up again. And I did sit on a rock <laughs> sort of two minutes away from my house. Um, and it was just that reality moment where you know you know yourself as a coach you know as a runner that that if you can't run for two minutes you definitely are not going to be able to run for 26 miles but I you know having said I wasn't excited about London I was still that decision to pull out because also I knew the way London works for me you know I am fortunate I'm I'm able to run the good for age qualifying time but it's the only marathon I run and so I literally run London qualify for the next London so I knew actually by not doing it not only was I going to miss this one in October, but actually I'm going to miss March in 2023 as well. So that was my London effectively out for 18 months, unless I find I've got to find another road marathon do I, if I want to get back into London. So that was actually, it wasn't so much missing this first one. It was almost more that knock-on effect of thinking, 
you know that's it there's there's no there's no April London either <laughs> there's no so um yeah and I was I'm not gonna lie I was I was really disappointed about it because it feels like it is that cumulative thing isn't it obviously missing the, the marathon to Medoc and then missing London it was just a case of oh you, you start to feel like it's never going to happen and I think that's what fed into then this determination that I was going to do this 30 mile race because I couldn't have three you know three non-starters in a row that really would have been you know I am any human um and yeah that just would have been a bit too much so I think that's what kind of I did say I did sulk for at least about a week or two um and then thought right come on actually you could still do this ultra if you go about it in the right way if you start thinking like a coach about it and thinking like an experienced athlete you can still get around this thing so you weren't running then when it came to, to London, like when London went ahead, were you were you still kind of like no, jog running walking? At all. No, I wasn't doing of... anything. Wow. <laughs> See, that, I always think that's a hard place to be, actually, Joe. You know, you're talking about getting sort of deep and mindful about stuff, but we're, we're all human and things do affect us, frustrations when we can't do what we want to do in life, when we can't run, when we can't, you know, get, get involved in these wonderful events that we've signed up for, built ourselves up for, to have this great experience. You're seeing it on Strava and God knows what else and Instagram and you, you can't get involved. But I always think it's harder when you're not running. Like, there's probably been one or two experiences over the years, like events, where I've not been able to do the race for whatever reason. Not just a marathon, but it's often that kind of distance. So I've not been able to do it for a reason that isn't kind of injury-based. Maybe I was really targeting the time and I had a little setback, decided not to do it for the smart reasons, but I was ba- I was still running. So I could still get my running fixed, even though I was disappointed not being able to do the event. But if actually you're injured as well, like, it's like a double whammy. You're not oh. able to run the race but you, you're not running eight either like it's just no that's, that's really hard actually that's oh, really hard been really and i really feel <laughs> i'm sure i have no doubt and, and, and genuinely and i know we agree eye to eye on this i genuinely feel for people that are in that situation that are injured and it's like especially if it's that whether we coach them or not but like that hindsight in some respects not not kind of a little bit with yourself with what you're saying like oh you know throwing myself into the stuff in the lakes or whatever after the disappointment marathon to medal but hindsight's a great thing and you know maybe if we could go back in time maybe we could change things a bit maybe it's also just one of those things as well it's so hard isn't it yeah so so actually what what really made the difference was i realized i i did nothing (laughs) so i i you know calf was injured i realized i was going to do london and i did nothing for about a week Mm. and a half and then i realized i was quite irritable (laughs) understatement um but also i was frustrated and i love this time of year it's my absolute absolute favorite time of year and the weather happened to be glorious and you feel and all i felt i was doing was just literally sitting at my desk and working and never leaving the house and so i thought right come on actually this is you've got to change something here so i started just going out for a walk i live on a lane and it's it's a sort of two mile loop around the lane so i started thinking right just do the just do the lane you know walk around the lane and then it was, oh, actually, I'm quite enjoying being out and, and, you know, getting a little bit of a, you know, a bit of physical activity. And and then that's when the, the seed started to think, well, actually, you know, you could walk a bit further. And so <laughs> doctor's appointment, which is four and a half miles away. Um, but I walked the five mile route there because it was up and over the hill. And, and that's when I started to then think, hang on, you could still, if you've got any chance of doing this ultra, you've got to do some training and you've got to work out what's the most effective training that you can do bearing in mind you can't run um and i you say about not running so actually i still can't run (laughs) 
I know I've just run a 30 mile ultra, but I literally. What? <laughs> I had to perfect, honestly, I don't know what the neighbours must think. I had to perfect because every time I tried to run with bounce and sort of dynamic impact, it was just setting the calf off again. The whole calf and Achilles complex couldn't cope with that kind of load. But walking, it was okay and low impact. So I basically have perfected over the last five weeks this sort of shuffle run. <laughs> Have you trademarked it? I mean, can Honestly, we... It's, it's, it's a real shame that we haven't got a video. This sort of shuffle run, which is really quite effective. Now, it has a maximum pace of about 11-minute miles, um, but that was okay. I worked out that was okay because I'm also really, really a demon going up the hills, and running downhill was kind of okay because you just sort of gravity does its thing. Uh, so I literally have shuffled my way round... <laughs> This is a brilliant, I think, a brilliant marketing um, marketing campaign potentially for your uh, coaching business, Joe. Obviously, you know, XGB, you know, this, that and the other, absolute legend, Joe Wilkinson, who is also the founder of the Shuffle Run team. No, I was going to say, well, actually, I need to change the company name, don't I? Instead of being running, Joe, I need to be... <laughs> yes, it works. Shuffling Joe, the Shuffling Joe handbook, available from all good bookstores. <laughs> We said we'd help to promote well, you. Know, there's, that, there's that guy, Jeff, who's invented Jeffing. I've just invented... Yes, Jeffling. This is... <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> what have we said about the whiskey before we chat? What have we said? <laughs> Do you know, I sat here and I thought, I need some tissues in case I start crying with laughter when I'm on with these two. You're... you're you preempted that well. You did. I, I love it, Joe. It, it's funny, you know, you talk about, like... You mentioned the foot race and kind of like, well, I can't run, but I can keep active. And, you know, the words to that effect, I can spend time on feet, movement, exercise. And a lot of like these, I suppose, serious ultra runners that really challenge themselves, you know, when they start to attach times to these big distances and whatnot, they're all, all referred to as a foot race rather than a running race. Because obviously the idea is to get from point A to point B as quickly as possible. And some of that will involve walking, especially if you're in real mountainous terrain or the lakes or Wales or wherever you are. So it's interesting that you, you were able to shift that focus. And I smiled, you know, when you said about you've got a two mile loop from home and you sat at the desk and you're like, come on, I've got to change something. I promise you, you know this because we still message each other, send each other voice messages regularly. I, I have to force myself to leave the desk and go and do it. It's a really beautiful little loop as well, two miles around Winchester, but I have to force myself, Joe, because like you, you get caught up in stuff. And even though I'm running at the moment, training for Valencia, if I'm not running, I'm generally stationary. And I don't always think that's so good either. Do you know what I mean? Especially if the alternative is sat at a desk. So you're battering or I'm battering the hip flexors by running and then I'm sat at a desk tightening the calves and the hip flexors. It's just not good. And I remember, and it sounds a bit fluffy, but back to my days as a personal trainer, and I always used to say, you know, people get caught up in the latest science and what we can do to train and the best way to lose weight and all that. But actually movement is medicine. Just move, man. And I tell you something, you, you just feel better. Do you find that? You know, if you do force yourself away from the desk and you get outside in the fresh air, do you almost immediately just feel better? Yeah, and it's interesting because, you know, you sort of have these periods where you reflect on life. And we moved just under a year ago, actually. But when we moved, one of the most significant changes was I stopped walking my daughter to school. So it used to be, it was just over a mile and I could walk, and it was just ever slightly, I mean, I say a hill. I look back now where I lived then. It was not really hilly, but it was sort of down this this sort of hill to school. And often I left it slightly late, so I would often have to sort of, actually, funnily enough, shuffle run <laughs> to 
town to get her and then we would walk back home again and we would walk to school in the morning so actually or even if I took the bike I was cycling one way and then walking back the other so even though that was actually only a mile each way I was doing that twice a day every day and I you know I look back and I think actually that you know I used to moan about it at the times you know anyone that parent the school run and like I say you always leave five minutes later than you should and hope they're not the last child in the playground crying sadly <laughs> honestly that never happened um but you know it, it got me out of the house and it got me moving twice a day and, and that was my thing I, I suddenly thought you know it kind of came to me that I am actually doing an awful lot less physical activity than I was doing because just life has changed around me um and so again, it was also almost a thing of, well, I think that really helped. I think that, you know, I've had a lot of injuries this summer on and off. And there's probably lots of reasons, but I think one of them has been the fact that overall I do less physical activity because I'm not doing that school run, school walk um, twice a day. So yeah, I totally agree with you. I think often we, we don't realise, we think, oh, we're going out, we're doing loads of miles, I'm cocking up 40 miles a week, aren't I amazing? But you don't realise actually how sedentary the rest of your life is 40 miles great but the rest of the time you are literally sitting on your backside doing nothing so yeah it's totally not easy, easy is it and i think as especially today so many people working from home or, or have that kind of flexible arrangement where they might be in the office one or two days a week three days maybe but a lot of time spent at home at the desk all best intentions of getting up keep moving right i'm gonna have regular breaks and go and make cups of tea and drink water and stuff but you just get caught up in work or coaching or plan writing in our case and before you know it, hours have passed and you've still just been sat there real concerted effort so basically we need to be getting post-it notes everywhere to remind us to move or setting alarms getting siri to remind us whatever it takes <laughs> just to keep moving more that's important listen you mentioned a phrase and i really like this actually earlier you said it didn't light my fire anymore particularly talking about road marathons fast road marathons you sure you know you like to get your qualify you're in a fortunate position to be able to do that as long as obviously you're of, of, of sound health uh, physically speaking what what is it about ultras that that lit your fire because obviously there must have been something where you thought hmm this is intriguing now what is it about them so i think i you know you know i know i've come from a background where i've run very competitively and it's all about times and positions you know where you finish in a race who you beat who you don't beat and what time you run and there is no denying i am getting older (laughs) And, and with that I think you know slower as well um, and so those times I ran in my 30s I'm, I'm never going to run again I could train the best I could train and it's just not biologically physiologically possible and as much as I you know I love the act of running but what I didn't like was that whole it was just starting to feel like you know you're constantly being told how rubbish you are um and i you know i don't try not to look at the watch but objectively you know you know it's still there and you know you're still running slower and people you know all of that stuff was was just sort of slowly grinding me down and and i I take it sorry joe i take it that's the conversation with yourself there you know you're talking about constantly being told how rubbish you are you mean like the tech and that that, that inner dialogue yeah 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 and i kind of interesting on a broad basis, that's absolutely fine. I, I totally, you know, I don't sort of think, oh, God, I used to run this in this time and now I run it in that. But obviously, you know, as a sort of subconscious level, you notice what times you're running and that they're getting slower and slower. You know, I've, I've basically lost a, almost a minute a year off my park run time over, you know, the last few years. And so, you know, you just notice that. You can't help but notice it, can you? Um, even though I don't sort of dwell on it. And, and it just... 
you know, the, when I came back to London, so I didn't run marathons for for quite some time, about nine, ten years. And when I came back to London, I really enjoyed the challenge of trying it again. It was a case of, right, let's actually see if I can do this still. And so it was, you know, it was brilliant. And then, the, then obviously, we had a whole lockdown and everything, and I ran London again. And again, it was just, it, I really enjoyed the challenge. But more and more, I was feeling like, well, OK, I've done that challenge now. I, I've proved myself I can still run a marathon, and I can, but it's much slower and it's getting slower. And then, um, you know, it is about me. For me, it is about something that I want to feel like a challenge. You know, I, I sometimes, <laughs> again, you can pay for expensive therapy, but I need something that makes me feel alive and drives me on. You know, I'm quite a driven person and I like that. You know, I like that side of it. I need that almost to, to counterbalance all the rest of it. <laughs> I would say, you know, it brings the technicolour to life, doesn't it? Um, and I just, you know, when I did... It's been a sort of slow dipping in my toe and, and lots of thanks to my friend Daisy. So I think, I can't remember when it was, just after the first lockdown, we did this 24-hour race. And it was just such a different way of focusing on a race. You know, it was just such a different mentality that I, I just liked it. You know, I can tell even the way listening to myself, it, it kind of was like, oh, this is interesting. Um, and then obviously just completely because we happened to live on the course, I did race the tower in the summer. And like I say, it nearly broke me. And that was really the thing. Because if something is so hard, it nearly breaks me. I've got to come back and make sure I nail it. Because <laughs> you know what I'm like. I and there's the challenge. The challenge. <laughs> there's like, the challenge. Right, that one really did, really did. <laughs> it was hard. So it was like, I'm coming back and I'm going to get this sorted. So this is why I'm so delighted on this one. Because it, and also it was just everything I loved. I, I always loved cross country as a kid um, and, and as an adult, actually. Because I, what I loved about cross country was that really it is very competitive. It's about who you beat, but it's not about times. It's about toughing it out, slogging through things. And this was, as I said, supercharged cross country, you know, massive hills, really huge rocks in muddy pathways, literally running down a stream, going through a waterfall, climbing over trees. It was everything. It was absolutely amazing. It was a physical challenge and you had to get through it. And I just took, you know, what I took all of those things I didn't quite appreciate from Race the Tower, like fueling, you know, my fueling was awesome. My pacing was amazing, helped by the knackered calf that meant I couldn't run fast in the first half. Um, <laughs> and just this whole getting in the zone, that's what I loved about it was, I mean, Penny Fang was horrific. There's <laughs> no two ways to describe it. You couldn't see anything. The wind was howling and I'm rubbish at descents and it was a really steep, rocky descent. And I looked down over this edge into this grey abyss as the wind's rain stung my face Jeez. and it was just a case of you just got to get up and over this just keep going and I, I just was chanting to myself um, relentless forward motion relentless forward motion and now I must admit I did actually insert another two syllable word beginning with F at times into that in the really <laughs> difficult <laughs> sessions <laughs> I really like that though relentless forward motion I really but, like that because that yeah, encapsulates exactly what, what, just... what it takes yeah. Yeah, that's what I was just saying to myself. Relentless forward motion over and over again. I might have even been saying it out loud, so maybe I did go a bit mad on this one after all. <laughs> but it was amazing. I just loved it. I loved that thing where you totally get in the zone in the moment and there's nothing else other than you and just where you are and the next step. And it was great. <laughs> I mean, that, that's that's totally immersion there that you're describing, isn't it? And that just fully engaged in whatever it is that you're doing in your case looking peering over the precipice of some 
gosh knows what mountain in uh, in Wales. Just amazing. But I love it again. Some of the phrases, life in Technicolor, it brings things to life, you know. And I can see you come alive on the video. You even recognise that yourself. You mentioned it. You know, you can see and feel how you get engaged and excited by certain challenges and especially talking about the likes of Ultra. Whereas when you mention, oh, I didn't really like my fire anymore, even your shoulders were mm, a bit low and a bit, do you know what I mean? And it, it, the yeah. thing is with these challenges, as we say to people as well that come to us with goals, you, they've, they've got to want it, haven't they? Do you know what I mean? And, and I always think the loftier the goal is in the, the bigger it is, the further away from your level of ability, your natural level of ability, so what the closer it is to your ceiling of ability, probably a better way to phrase it, the more I think you you, you need to want it because obviously it's going to take more work and commitment and smart thinking and plate spinning and all those things. You, it's down to the individual, isn't it, to just get that right so they're not sort of taking on more than they can chew and especially if it's they don't really want it deep inside. You know, it doesn't really light my fire, as you say. Did you have to navigate on this one? Was that Because that's a whole other world of skill, isn't it? No. Yeah, no, thankfully not. So, um, I mean, it's a great event. And they had these, what they called uh, blue flags of reassurance. So it was on marked paths. Um, but, you know, as in they were recognised footpaths. Um, and then every time there was a sort of junction, you'd have a few little black, blue flags of reassurance to show you the way. So it was good in that sense. And I'm kind of, you know, I am still very green when it comes to ultra running. And, and like everything, every challenge I think you do, you've got to respect it. And so it's almost like one step at a time. Race the tower, just threw myself in, had no idea what it was like. <laughs> Thought it'd be a bit like doing a double marathon. I mean, how hard could that be? Um, found out it was very different, <laughs> apart from the double marathon bit. Um, and so this one, it was like, right, actually, I realise you've really got to. And in many ways, you've got to apply the same principles I have applied to all the running I've done. So you've got to have good pace management, good pace judgment fueling absolutely essential essential and you know resilience but navigation is the next step so you know I'll, I'll move now I've kind of got around the distance and I've got around horrific weather conditions which I get freezing cold so I was really worried about this wet and cold but you know again got that sorted got the kit right which was brilliant um but you know next next step is navigation so you know I'm kind of taking that's that whole thing you know you take each challenge don't you or even even around this ultra just one take the step next step that's in front of you and then the step after that you've got a bit of an idea where you're going on the roadmap but you know you've got to take it each stage so, slowly uh, slowly yeah, no nav on this one but uh yeah the next one <laughs> i love it so i don't know if i i don't know if you knew as well but i also forgot my garmin so i, I did no see concept. this I did see a post that you forgot your Garmin. It's like, how, you know, am I going to be okay or not without with, without the watch? Yeah, because I, I do, I am going to judge in the pace, but nonetheless, you still use it and also use it to measure how far you are. So actually I did because I've never, I know you use Strava all the time, but I'd never really used Strava before. So I kind of worked out how to record a run on Strava. But to be honest, the rain was lashing so much. I just put my phone in the bag and... You know, I, I just faffing around getting it out. It, you know, it was too wet and all the rest of it. So I literally, apart from knowing where the checkpoints were, and I knew that the peak of Penny Fang was exactly halfway, I had no idea how far I was running or how far I had left. And so, but I kind of, again, I just really quite enjoyed that. I just thought, well, you know, my husband really kindly said, do you want to borrow my Garmin? I was like, no, no, it's fine. I'll be all right. I'll manage this, you know, it's okay. How hard can it be? And and so it was kind of just literally, again, putting yourself in the moment and just trying to judge, okay, how do I feel now? Yeah, I think I'm all right. But then I, in the last section, it was it was quite 
there was a bit where it was quite sort of saying and I obviously didn't know I had no concept of time or how far I'd gone and the visibility was rubbish so I couldn't see anything and I was running along thinking and I knew this section was was um about seven miles and and it, you know so much to finish and I was thinking oh you're probably about halfway along the section you're probably about halfway you know uh, and I could see this guy in front and I could see I was slowly catching him and I thought if I catch him I can ask him how far there is left but I reckon you've still got three miles because you know you've got to kind of be kind to yourself haven't you so I couldn't bear <laughs> the thought that it was more and I caught him up and he said oh yeah we're almost at the next checkpoint there's a, and I thought there was about seven or eight miles left and he's like no it's only, it's only five miles oh <laughs> that like, never happens that was like Christmas <laughs> <laughs> that never happens I, I, whereas I think I think if I'd had my watch I'd have been thinking you know you run and you think oh god have I really only done half a mile it's felt like three so I think almost the fact I didn't have the watch meant I didn't have that kind of really depressing negative feedback Joe <laughs> it's honestly it is it's awful, as you know, that feeling. I did this on Sunday, so I did a long... Uh, was it Sunday or Saturday? Sunday, 20 miles. People will know that it, for most people, certainly in the UK, the weather was horrific. I mean, we're talking, it was a road run, Joe, but we're talking where there's that heavy downpour in such a short space of time. You're literally just... The pavements are rivers. You're just running through through water. Your feet are constantly wet, constantly, like, cold, numb, all that sort of stuff. And I thought, I just want to get through it. But I think, you know, I rarely look at the watch. I use it, obviously, and it's there and I'm recording, and I have a glances here and there. But it's almost like, if I cast my mind back to school, a long day at school, I try not to look at the clock. You look at the clock, and you're like, oh, God, we've got three hours left. I mean, what the hell? So I try not to look, and I only look towards the end just to make sure I'm not running over distance or time, depending on what the goal is for that run. And I got to, this was a 20-mile run, and I thought, I must be there now. It's like, you know, 400 metres. Like, it's got to, all it, all it is. I'm, I've got to be about there now. And I had two miles to go. And I was like, and it was only two miles, but my God, I was like, I, I don't, and literally I was like, shall I just, shall I just suck it off? And I'm having this conversation with myself. Well, 18's okay, Jake. 18's fine. I know you set out to do, no, we set out to do 20. We've got to do 20. It's just an awful feeling. So I'm pleased that you didn't experience this in the race. What's next for you then? What's coming up next? What's on the radar? Come on, man. Well, I, going on? <laughs> so I have a quite longish term. So the beginning of May, um, I'm doing a three day race in the Lake District which does require navigation, actually. Um, so it's this really great event uh, called Lakeland Three Day, and they, they I will be, I, they have very kindly given me a place. Um, they would have offered me a place in one of their other events, but they did realise that I had no navigation skills, hadn't one on top of a mountain, and would probably die. So we've gone for this one, which mm. is a kind of nice... Uh, um, it's got diff- You can choose which route you want to do each day, and there's different levels from cafe, which is mainly walking, to expert, which is killing yourself on the fails. So let's face it, we all know which one I'm going for. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so that that's the beginning of may which also happens to be my birthday weekend so that's going to be my birthday present uh because you know do what you love on your birthday absolutely but i am looking for something in the meantime uh so i don't know what that will be but probably yeah, another ultra i really like this one that i did it was quite a small local friendly event so thinking something you know maybe another 30 miles I, I was thinking i couldn't cope with bad weather but i do feel invincible now so <laughs> With your shuffling technique, knows, you knows. can take on the world. With a super shuffling. <laughs> Joe, as always, it's been great to catch up with you. I could talk to you forever, but I know you've got to go. You're very busy. You've got a call lined up. You just go, go, go. Don't forget to make time to get out of there for your two-mile little walk. Get yourself moving. Get yourself feeling better. I would go for my two-mile walk, but I did fail to mention that I can't actually walk today. <laughs> what? What? You're too busy. You're too busy. 
No, because my legs are too ruined from running oh. 30 miles. <laughs> Could you some kind of shuffle, like, crawl type? Oh, You'll yeah, work it out. Shuffle around again. <laughs> You'll get a name in the village. You'll get a name in the village. Uh, Joe, if people want to catch up with you, then they can uh, check out your Instagram, give you a little follow, Running Joe 10K. Website, should we send people to your website as well? Should we do that? Oh, yeah, why not? Yes. Runningjoe.co.uk. Duff it. There you go, Running Soon Joe. Soon to be changed. Set, I was going to say, soon to be changed. So shuffle Joe. Shuffle Joe. But for the time being, while we get those things but sorted. For the time being, we're going to try and focus on running. Runningjoe.co.uk. We will link that in the show notes page. Busy week with your athletes, coaching them. Are they all got, have got the goals lined up for next year? Does everybody know what they're doing, what they're yeah, targeting? Yeah, I'm actually... Yeah, yeah, marathon planning for London, 23 mm. weeks ago away. Crazy, well, isn't it? Well, sort of vaguely from, like, mid-November. Yeah, not far at all. Why does that come around? Oh, it's weird. It's just like the Manchester thing for, what was it, last year. So, as you know, I did with my few of my runners, Manchester, what was it, October, wasn't it? And then, of course, back. Then it was back to spring. So it's like, God, are we training again for that? Is that now? Madness. <laughs> Can't keep up. Listen, have a great rest of the day. We will catch up soon. Yeah, awesome to chat to you again. Running with Jake, the podcast. Joe Wilkinson, always a pleasure having her on the show. She did actually drop me a message after we recorded that call. I mean, obviously she knew that it was like, oh, Joe, we want to have a catch up with you. But a guest kind of dropped out. We had to rearrange. So can you come on the show? She knew that. So she messaged me and she said, look, great to catch up. But will you just give the event company a little mention? Because they were ace, the event company uh, based in Wales. She did obviously this crazy ultra and survived to tell the tale off the tarmac. If you fancy taking on the challenge of ultra marathons or trail running like our friend Joe, then uh, yeah, perhaps you can check out Off The Tarmac. We'll link them in the show notes page as well. Sound like cool guys, to be honest. I'm not ready though, Pete. I'm not ready to be doing the the whole ultra thing. I I sort of, I toy with it every now and then, but I've still got the old marathon monkey to get off my back. I'm still, yeah. (laughs) Anything longer than 26.2, I'm just not up for at the moment. Maybe in the future. Yeah, maybe in the future. I don't think you're going to write it off ever. And I do know that sometimes you do teeter on that, oh, I might give it a go sort of thing after speaking to people. Um, so I think, I think, I think at some point in the next 10 years, you will be an ultra runner. Yeah, if, sure if I'm still running in 10 years, I certainly hope I am. That's what we want to do. What are you going to be? What running? are you going to be doing if you're not running, That's a dude? great Come point, on. man. That's a great point. <laughs> fly fishing. I don't know. Look, <laughs> fly it's fishing. time to take another one. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Can I let you into a little secret? What's that? I don't actually know what fly fishing is. What is it? How does it differ from normal fishing? I don't know. I'm actually I'm I'm completely ignorant about such things. Uh, genuinely, I like my fish like just served to me in batter from the chip shop. Right, let's move on. It's time to take another one of your questions. It is hashtag Ask Jake. And today's question comes from Kev, who is targeting a half marathon next April. Uh, but at the moment, as part of his base training, he wants to incorporate a little bit of cross training, a bit of cycling. He's all into his heart rate training, and he wants to know if the heart rate zones he uses for his running are the same as the heart rate zones that he uses when he's on the bike. Kev, I'm going to put a little disclaimer in here. I'm not a cycling coach, but what I do know is that you certainly use more running or more muscles when you are running. It's a more complete form of exercise in some respects. The energy cost is higher. So if you are going to uh, get on the bike, which I'm all for, by the way, a bit of cross training, I would certainly suggest that you look at reducing your heart rate zones somewhere in the region of five to eight beats. So five to eight beats per minute lower on the bike than you would expect for the same sort of zone uh, as you would with running. And I think you'll be somewhere 
in the right ballpark there. Of course, when you have adjusted your zones, always match it with RPE, so that rate of perceived, rate of perceived exertion, if I can say it, uh, because that will really help you to understand exactly if you are working at the right intensity. I hope that helps. Good luck with your half marathon next spring. And if you've got a question, then it's hashtag SJake, or you can drop us a quick email at podcast at runningwithjake.com. And that brings us to the end of another episode of Running With Jake, the podcast, your weekly dose of running motivation. We'll keep this short and sweet. No doubt you're busy. Pete, have you got anything to add? Uh, no, not at all. Uh, just if Joe Wilkinson is still listening, that bit where I said... Uh, Joe will do uh, just a just a little casual joke thing you know don't want to upset Joe do we don't want to upset Joe I don't want to keep upset digging Joe. keep no. digging no and you lot keep running <laughs> we'll be back next week oh and one more thing if you always focus on what you left behind then you will never be able to see what lies ahead 